You're watching KCMI-TV. Well, thank you for joining me. And uh, I want to talk to you about something that God's been talking to me about. And I think that props, I think this will really help you in your walk with the Lord. And uh, I want to talk to you about trust. Um, and I would encourage you after you watch this podcast, if you have some time, just go back to um, the Strongs. You can get online and, and find the app and look through the Strongs and you will be amazed at how many verses, especially in the Psalms, talk about trusting the Lord. And I wrote down just two or three verses that I wanted to read to you in Psalm 16 and 1. It says, Preserve me, O God, for in thee do I put my trust. In Psalms 18 and 2, it says, The Lord <clears throat> is my rock. I love this verse. My fortress. He is my deliverer. He is my God, my strength, in whom I will trust. Psalms 37 and 5 says, If you will commit your ways unto the Lord, Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And uh, I know in my own life, there have been so many times where it was my trust in God that got me through, not faith. And you say, well, pastor, you know, what's the difference between faith and trust? Well, Hebrews says it says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Um, faith is more about things. Trust isn't about that. Um, first of all, faith is a gift. The Bible talks about to every man is given the measure of faith. Or, and of course, in Galatians, it talks about the, the gifts of faith. The spirit and faith is one of those things. But see, trust isn't a gift. It's, a, <clears throat> it's an attribute that comes out of relationship. And, uh, you know, when you first meet somebody, you might really like them, you know, very every once in a while, I'll meet somebody that instantly I can just feel a connection. I just, I know I like them. But I can't say I trust them because I've not seen their character under fire. We don't have that kind of relationship. And so for an individual to go past faith, see, faith is about believing that God is going to do something. You can visualize it in the spirit. Man, you can see it in the spirit. That's why it's the evidence of things not seen. But you can see it by your spirit eye. And you your spirit gets excited because you know that God is going to do this. And you're, you're thinking it's addition to my life. And God's going to make this provision. That's what faith is about. But see, trust is different. Trust comes out of a time in which trust is, is basically this. When you don't have a clue what God is doing in your life and you still tell the Lord you're in control. Now that's trust. And boy, there are seasons in our life where it's not faith. See, faith 
it can get you on top of the mountain. You know, it's that exciting. It's that victorious moment. But all of us have times where we have to walk through the valley in the shadow of death. And I have learned in my own life, after all, of, I don't know, 60-some years of having the Holy Ghost, that sometimes the journey through the valley is a long journey. And a lot of times when we are walking through the valley in the shadow of death, you know, that scripture says that the shadow of death is there and you can feel it. Uh, and you know that you're in a place to where everything could come to an end if not for God. And God will keep you sometimes in that valley for a long time. Um, I would, I have to be honest with you, not to discourage you, but, and I think a lot of you would say the same thing. I've walked through valleys that lasted years. And it was in those times, it wasn't my faith that sustained me. Uh, it wasn't believing God for a, a big church or a financial breakthrough. It was, believing in the character of Christ. And so trust really develops out of relationship. And the longer you serve God, the more you will learn to trust him. Um, I want to talk just a little bit about some of the individuals in the Bible that have such a great display of trust. You know, when, when Jesus came, when the angel came to Mary and he said, Mary, you're highly favored among women. And he said, here's what's getting ready to happen to you. The Holy Ghost is going to overshadow you. And God is going to put a seed in your womb and you're going to become pregnant and you're going to have a baby. Uh, you know, I think that we forget sometimes when we think of Mary uh, in our minds, we're picturing, you know, like a 30 year old woman, a 35 year woman that's mature and and world wise. That's not the case here. This is a young teenage girl, perhaps 14 or 15 years old. She didn't know what the Holy Ghost is. I mean, the Holy Ghost hasn't even been poured out yet. The day of Pentecost is a few years in the future. And yet this young girl had, she had some kind of relationship with God because, you know, I'm sure in the natural terror gripped her because she's thinking, oh my God, I'm going to be pregnant and I'm not married. And so society is going to literally uh, ostracize me. But the Spirit of the Lord told him, he said, he's going to be powerful and he's going to save his people from their sins. And this is what Mary said. She said, be it unto me according to thy word. This wasn't about faith. This was about, God, I don't have a clue what you're telling me. I don't know what it means. It scares me. But Lord... I'm going to trust you in this. And there are times when uh, 
Now, I will say this, that the seasons that we walk through that we have to walk in trust, they do produce faith. Faith doesn't really produce trust. It's, it's, trust has to produce this. And so, uh, you know, in a marriage uh, and over the years of, of counseling people, I can't tell you how many times I've seen marriages destroyed, not because of infidelity, but because one of the spouses didn't trust the other one. And so out of, when there's a lack of trust, then there's accusation. There's this feeling that this person has not been loyal to me or they broke covenant, when in reality they haven't. Great marriages and even great relationships, your best friend, whether it's you're a man or a woman, those kind of relationships that sustain time, they're 20, 30, 40 years old, it's because they trust each other. The Bible talks about this, that not to receive an accusation against a brother, that there needs to be two or three witnesses that establish that there's been something happened that allows your trust not to be there. And with Christ, it's the same way. The Bible says this about the devil. It says he is an accuser of the brethren. He comes before the Lord. You know what the Lord says? I don't believe that. I trust him. Why? Because our relationship has produced that. Oh my, the, the, the times that God walks us through the seasons where we don't have a clue. We have faith. We, you know, we believe in divine healing and we believe God's going to meet our financial needs and, and we believe that God's going to take us to heaven. But the times that God allows you to be in a position or a place or go through a trial that you don't understand. You, you feel like, I don't deserve to be here. Or my walk with God, I thought, would keep me exempt from that. You know, uh, a lot of us have experienced death. And, of course, last year my son passed. And, you know, uh, I'll be honest with you, me and my wife have felt like we had reached a place in ministry and in our life that those kind of things could never happen to us. And when it happened, it wasn't about faith. I mean, I had faith that God would raise my son from the dead. And, and of course, the Lord did not. He chose not to. But then it shifted over to the enemy begins to work on you. And it's when God doesn't give you the explanation. Relationship with the Lord, trust can only come out of love. And love means that you don't always have to have an explanation from God. His ways are not our ways. And I had to go through a season where that I had to trust God, that he knew what he was doing. One of the things that, that really helps me in my personal walk with the Lord is I don't worry anymore about going through tough times because I know this. I know 
that I'm in the will of God. Uh, in First John, it says this, if mine in your heart doesn't condemn us, if there's nothing inside of us that that the enemy can bring up and say, well, you don't deserve to, for God to do this because you have sin in your life or you've done this. And the Lord say, no, he says, for the people whose hearts don't condemn them, there's, there's no way the enemy can bring an accusation against us because we know we're in the will of God. It says, then we have confidence towards the Lord and that confidence and we have trust. And so it's, it's different when you and I are walking in covenant with the Lord and all of a sudden we find ourselves in a place that we didn't expect. We, you know, you think, well, this shouldn't happen. Um, you know, my wife and I have always been tithers. Uh, and, and then, you know, then we get challenged by the Lord years ago to start giving literally half of everything of our gross that we made to the Lord. And, um, you know, I thought when we started, man, this is just going to break dead off of us. And, and to my amazement, you know, a few months into it, I mean, we're worse off financially than we've ever been. You know, electricity's being shut off and phones being shut off and we're getting notices from the bank. That's where I had to shift from faith to trust. Because there is a place that you can get in God that it doesn't matter where you're, where you're at in the natural. You know that I'm coming out of this all right. All things work together for good to those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Uh, I, in the Old Testament, I don't think probably there's a, a greater man of inspiration than Job. Uh, I don't know of anybody that has ever went through what Job went through. When you think about that, uh, you know, I, I, I think, you know, I, I buried one son, but God was gracious to me. I didn't bury all my children. In one day, Job buries all 10 of his kids. All of them are dead. As a parent, I, I can't comprehend that. And then on top of that, in one day, he loses everything. It's all gone. The enemy comes in, takes the camel, the oxen, the oxen, the sheep. And then on top of that, his, his covenant partner can't handle and looks at him and says, you just need to curse God and die. So he doesn't have his wife to lean on. And then on top of that, the enemy comes in and... and, and hits him with boils and when you really study it out uh it was these open wounds where there were worms inside and he's in this horrible pain not only that it, it said it made him stink so bad that nobody wanted to approach him so you have a man that's lost everything his marriage is bad his kids are dead and then he's in excruciating physical pain we all know this, that when you're in great pain, it's really hard to pray. I mean, nothing matters. The joy of life is gone because you're just, you're dealing with this debilitating pain. This is where Job is. And in the middle of all of that, he said, though he slay me, yet 
will I trust him? My God, what a testimony that we just feel like sometimes that we shouldn't have to go through things. But sometimes God needs to know. And, I, and I'll end this, this lesson with Abraham. Abraham, you know, he, he has, God lets him have Isaac for, most theologians believe he's, he's somewhere around 30 years old. You know, he's such a type of Jesus. He's, he might be 33 because it's on Mount Moriah. He's climbing up on the third day. He is uh, carrying the wood. Um, you know, there's so much involved there. There's a type of Christ. And um, God tells him, he says, you know, he's already told Abraham, he says, this boy, your seed, is going to produce nations. So, I mean, he never even had him till he's 100 years old. So, you know, he lived 100 years without having Isaac. And so the joy of looking at this boy and knowing that he came out of dead loins and he's brought so much joy to, to Abraham and, and now God says, kill him. And don't just kill him, then set him on fire and burn him up and offer him as a burnt offering to me. This is where it's not about faith. It's about, I don't have a clue what God's doing. I don't understand what God's doing. It seems to violate everything I know about God. He won't tell me why. And yet we find this man with his knife raised, over his son and he's going to bring it down and kill Isaac. There is no greater example of trust than that right there. And with the knife raised and the muscle flexed to bring it down, God says, stop. Now I know <laughs> that you trust me. And from that day on, God never tested him again. I don't know where you are in your life. I know some of you are going through unimaginable difficulties. But I promise you this. If you are where you should be with God, you will come out. Because God always performs his word. And it's your love for Christ is growing in this moment where you just learn to, to trust God and believe that somehow God will turn this around. Well, Happy New Year. Um, I hope this has been a blessing to you. Listen, we got great days ahead of us. <clears throat> God's doing some good things. going to be quick. So stay strong. Keep your head up. And know this, God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God bless you. I love you. For more information about Kent Christmas Ministries International or Regeneration Nashville, go to kentchristmas.org or regenerationnashville.org. And for the latest updates or videos, follow us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. God bless you.